0: Hi, and welcome back to Let's Talk Forex with Alison and Chris. Uh, this week is our festive Forex fraud uh, episode. As we prepare for a couple of weeks off, uh, we're looking back at some of the big trading scandals of 2023. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Thank you so much for listening uh, to us this year. And we um, look forward to, uh, to keeping you company with your forex trading next year too.
1: Chris, how's it going this week? Hey,
0: Alison. Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Getting close to Christmas.
1: I know, I can't believe it. This year has flown by. I actually can't believe we're December 2023 and we're about to hit 2024. It's very weird.
0: I know, it is weird, isn't it? Mm. And uh, it finally got cold in Portugal. It's three degrees this morning. Oh, my word. I know.
1: (laughs) That's blimmin' cold for Portugal, huh?
0: It is really cold for Portugal. Yeah, I know, people are not happy. No. Um, I'm not happy either. I live in this, <laughs> uh, old, old house and, uh, the heating just isn't enough to keep oh, the cold no. out. Yeah. I know. but it does make it feel more like Christmas, which is nice. And, and all the Christmas get- decorations are up. Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: Good. It's a lovely time of year,
1: yeah. uh, but I bet
0: it's probably what 30 degrees and sunny where you are.
1: Uh, yeah, actually it's, it's beautiful. We had like 23, 24, so it's just Perfect.
0: Perfect absolutely oh, good for you. yeah
1: yeah i beautiful actually we've had like the best weather this december i think that we've had for probably the last three four years it's um you know it's a little bit overcast every now and again but other than that it's sunny and just beautiful so yeah i can't complain as good usual for
0: you. as <laughs> usual you can't complain that's okay. fantastic well, um, what are we what are yeah. we talking about this week, Alison?
1: Yeah, well, since it's Christmas, and I guess everyone is feeling a little bit lazy and fat from eating and drinking too much. I know I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, already.
1: Yeah, we thought we'd end this podcast season with an irreverent look back at some of the most hair raising forex trading scandals over the last year, which is uh, what we what we mentioned in last week's episode. We were going to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the forex market. Uh, as we know it 's the largest financial market in the world right and there 's seven trillion dollars a day being traded um, with that much money going through a system you know it 's going to attract a few bad actors mm-hmm. there 's going to be a few greedy greedy pigs trying to get involved in that um, and there are more than a few there 's loads of them there 's lots of lots of bad actors trying to get in and get some of this money
1: yeah exactly and as as regular listeners know that we we're always going on about the importance of trading with a well-regulated broker, um, mm-hmm. there are so many scammers out there, um, and uh, that's exactly what we're going to discuss in this episode. Um, yeah, so I guess yeah, exactly. We want to kick off there's, with our first one, Chris.
0: Yeah, no, the first one is um, there's so yeah, it's one of the biggest stories of the year. It's this guy called Neil Phillips, um, and he was trading the the dollar rand the usd zar um so he's a former cio of a big london-based hedge fund called glenpoint capital and um he was found guilty in october of forex fraud after a week-long trial
1: yeah because um the trial basically centered on a trade glenpoint capital entered in 2017 Uh, focused on the South African rand. um, And Phillips had a bullish outlook on on the rand, which Mm -hmm. basically paid off as the rand strengthened against the dollar.
0: Yeah, yeah, it paid off in a big way. Um, But prosecutors claimed that he manipulated the market uh, by trading the dollar rand so heavily that he intentionally shifted the exchange rate. And he did this uh, to profit from an options contract that, uh, that Glenpoint Capital had taken out.
1: And then uh, the, the prosecutors accused Phillips of attempting to artificially move the price of the dollar below the mm-hmm. price for a one-touch option that his fund bought in late 2017. Um, and that instrument paid $20 million if the rand dollar pair hit a particular level before January 2018. So he was under a lot of pressure to make sure that happened.
0: I bet he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, a nice Christmas bonus as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they allege that on Boxing Day of 2017, so the markets would have been quiet, which is why he could get away with this. He drove hundreds of millions of dollars of dollar rand trades for the express purpose of artificially driving the dollar rand rate below 12.5. Um, and then he personally directed and in one of the employees of his bank based in Singapore to sell about 725 million, um, in dollars. In exchange for rand, and because it was, you know, the markets were really quiet because it was the day after Christmas. This actually had an impact on the on the impact on the uh, on the dollar rand exchange rate, pushing it down to that twelve five level. Um right. where, it's, where his binary options contract paid him off, yeah, I know, mad right, completely insane. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it reminds me a bit of that Black Friday in in uh, the UK uh, with George Soros, was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: He, he took out the Bank of England. You know,
0: he did. Sort except that was legally, moment. that was legal. This no, was, of yeah. Of
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy was uh, sort of looked up to him, but just did it illegally. You know, Um yeah. And he defended his actions, saying that the trade was a legitimate strategy based on his belief that the South African rand would strengthen. Um, and he basically attributed this belief to a 2017 leadership votes in South Africa that would determine the country's next president, of course, which, yeah. um, ended up being, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's going to be sentenced at a later date. So the, you know, it's, it's still ongoing and he faces a maximum of 10 years in prison, which is, uh, it almost doesn't seem, uh, fair. I don't know. I guess these what the, far- do you
0: think it's too much or too little?
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't know what is the impact of of something like that. You know, where you you sort of forcing the the exchange rates. I mean, you can imagine the impact would be huge. So ten years, oh, massive. Just, yeah. yeah, just doesn't seem that much to me. But who knows?
0: Yeah, no, I bet a lot of people um, lost a lot of money when he did yeah. this. Yeah, um, especially other traders as well. Uh, yeah. and other people who had you have you know long term futures and stuff like this, and yeah, and I think that's probably why. Yeah, people
1: go on. who understand the fundamentals, you know, as as we mm-hmm. were sort of discussing earlier, the fundamentals sometimes didn't seem to me even in 2017 to make sense. Um, you know, as to why yeah. the the rand was so strong for so long. Um, well, there you go,
0: Mr. Phillips. <laughs> that's it, why. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, he's appealed, and uh, he's saying this is legitimate, um, and yeah, it's an interesting one. Let's see, let's see what happens to him. So, yeah, that was that was probably the main one, the biggest headline of the year. But the um, there was another one that I wanted to talk about. Something that's rumbling on still. It's called My Forex Funds, uh, which is a prop trading company. So, a prop trading company. Uh, if our listeners don't know, it's short for a proprietary trading company and they what they do is they provide funds for traders to trade on live markets with with the company's money so the firm so your so your firm will give you money to trade with and then you split the trading profits uh, between you and the company and these you know the split can be sometimes as high as 90% uh, for the traders and then, so it's it look it sounds great on the surface these prop trading firms but there are usually caveats attached to it as well
1: Exactly. Because traders also need to pay these prop trading firms to sign mm-hmm. up. So usually it, it happens through some form of demo trading challenge. And um, if the traders successfully complete the challenge, then they're allowed to trade with the company's money. Um, but of course, there are many, many conditions. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not as easy as just sort of, you know setting up your technicals and trading. There's, there's going to be a hell of a lot more that goes into it. And some prop trading shops even charge monthly subscription fees. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a risky business for traders to get involved with the, the prop trading firms, I think.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's super popular. I mean, there are a lot of them out there. Um, yeah. yeah, and, and My forex Funds ran a huge advertising campaign on social media, um, and it looked like a typical prop trading firm, at least on paper. So, but like, like we were talking about and similar to a lot of prop trading firms, my forex funds offered a trading challenge and a demo account with a fee attached, you know, just basically to see if you're good enough to trade with their money. Yeah. Uh, the difference with my forex funds is that they gave traders the option to skip the challenge. And in order to skip this challenge, you needed to deposit a certain amount of money of your own money. Uh, and then what they would do, they would match, they would match the, the amount of money that you'd put in.
1: Obviously, business-wise, the platform was doing very very well. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it generated $310 million in fees over the last couple of years. But the entire prop trading uh, operation turned out to be a scam, according to charges raised by the CFTC or the Commodity Futures Trading Commission of the U.S.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is still, you know, it's all still allegations. But, yeah, it looks like it may have been a scam. According to the court document filed in September this year, the CEO, uh, Murtuza Kazmi and his two companies, uh, Traders Global Group Inc. and a company in Canada called Traders Global Group Inc., they operated, they both operated as MyForex funds, but they actually decided their traders' fate in uh, in a number of ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable because they mm-hmm. promised retail customers that they could become professional traders by using their money to trade against third-party uh, third party liquidity providers and then mm-hmm. share any of the trading profits. But this was actually not the case.
0: This is not the case, no. So but they said, look, you're trading against third-party liquidity providers. But actually, what they were doing was that Traders Global, this guy's other companies, were the counterparty. To pretty much all the trades that were going on meaning uh, that it made gains when the traders lost so you can imagine what they were doing they were so you you get all these people to skip you know skip the challenge the demo account challenge put your own money in and then they would trade against they would trade against what they thought was a third-party liquidity provider but actually they were trading against traders global his own company and if they and if they lost then traders global just made their own money back that they had matched but they also got to t- keep the traders company as well the traders money as well
1: yeah it's interesting i wonder if there were i mean I, want, I wonder if there was cftc oversight because that would mm. never have have happened if if it was the case so obviously a lot of traders got in with out realizing that it wasn't properly regulated i'm sure um yeah but To minimize the probability of of the customer's profitability, the company then used pretexts to terminate the customer accounts and misleadingly assess commissions to reduce customer account equity. So the company used manipulative software to execute customers' orders at worse prices um, and only allowed a small number of successful customers to decrease customer profits and then increase customer losses. So... They yeah. really were well doing what you kind of fear a market ma- maker might do, um, which yeah, is exactly. against you, and um, and then profiting from your loss. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, if they're doing manipulate leave, the markets
0: in their yeah. favor, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: And also, this yeah. the software. So obviously, they've got the software that's showing that you you've made a loss. But if you go and look on the markets, you know, use a, a third party um, uh, ch- charting or, or platform, you might see that uh, this was not the case. Um, it's a tiny yeah. minute
0: manipulative. Yeah. So this is this is the allegations anyway. They were doing all these things and forcing their traders into a loss and then pocketing the proceeds. But you know, because behind this was this huge marketing campaign. You know, and they had, um, I think, they had one hundred and thirty-five thousand customers. You know, Actually. so there's a lot of people out there. And, and as I said, mm-hmm. they made three hundred and ten million in fees. So mm-hmm. this is a lot of money. A lot of money being made here. And so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because they've they've denied all wrongdoing. Um yeah. but a court in New Jersey has upheld the evidence presented by the CFTC and this will go to court yeah. in the new year. So it'll be very interesting yeah. to see. We'll have to we'll have to keep our listeners updated as to what happens with that case as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to watch in twenty twenty four. And I think also it's gonna it's gonna I mean it already has, it's gonna put a big black mark across prop trading firms in general. And oh, I imagine yeah. it's going to bring the CFTC down pretty hard on a lot of prop mm-hmm. trading firms. Mm-hmm. They're going to be taking a very closer look now on, on these guys now that they've found this. So, yes, yeah. definitely um, a bit of a game changer there. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally for today, we're going to talk about um, uh, checking on a really long-running scandal, uh, which is the collusion of traders. is known as the Forex Cartels case. Uh, this is collusion of Forex traders at a number of, well, loads of actually. But, I mean, of very large banks across the globe.
1: Yeah, like J.P. Morgan, City, and Barclays. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And they, they're saying that they were colluding um, – well, they said – this case has been going on since 2013, and they said that they were colluding yeah. in chat rooms with um, names like Essex Express and Three-Way. Yeah. And the so there's um, – yeah, I mean, this investigation, it's it's probably quite a difficult one to – sort of expose because i'm sure there's a lot going on here but yeah it's been rumbling yeah. on for a very long time now
0: yeah exactly and then so the allegations well i mean i think they're proven and that now um because it's been this has been court a few times so the traders knew each other personally and they were using these chat rooms with these ridiculous names to manipulate forex prices the main issue here was that traders would share information on what their upcoming trades were going to be for that day or for that week, or for that month. And they would share it with the other competitors at these other banks uh, before trading on behalf of the bank's clients. So the bank's clients were getting stiffed here. Yeah, and this was, this was the main allegation.
1: And um, while this resulted in the traders personally improving their profit margins, it also resulted in potential losses for the bank's clients. And because mm-hmm. of the amount of money involved, it led to the forex prices being artificially rigged as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, who knows how deep this goes, really? I know they've, um, it's already been the subject of repeated lawsuits and really huge fines for the banks involved. Um, the EU fined all the banks involved, I think, uh, just over a billion euros back in 2019. And there was a settlement, uh, in the US in 2018. I think they settled a, a bunch of the bank's clients settled for 2.3 billion. But I mean, there's been, uh, smaller individual fines over the years as well. I think it's totaling. I was just looking at something. I think we're looking at about ten billion in fines uh, yes. since twenty thirteen now for these banks. Oh, wow. And then it's and because so many of uh, these cases have been settled out of court, it's hard really to know how deep this went, how deep the rigging went, you know, and the amount of losses. So, I mean, we're talking the bank's clients made losses, but think about the number of retail traders. Yeah, you know, the people, uh, yeah. peop- our audience listening to this, how many retail traders lost over the years because of this collusion. Yeah. It's really quite incredible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's very far-reaching. Um, but the reason that the story is back in the news now is that the com- Competition Markets Authority in the UK has been given the green light by the Court of Appeals to continue with this class-action lawsuit um, representing <laughs> thousands of financial institutions. And the total being sought this time is over $3 billion um, which is a much larger amount than previous fines. Although, I mean, not as much as as you were talking about um,
0: as a individual total fines. But yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but it's a huge amount.
0: It is, yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, and I imagine this is probably going to end up in a settlement as well by the banks. Absolutely. I mean, they just really want they really want to get this out of the way. But yeah, this case also made headlines in South Africa this year, hasn't it, Alison? Yeah a uh, number of local banks were accused of involvement in in these cartels as well but i don't think there was uh, too much evidence for any any extreme wrongdoing on their on their side
1: no no there was very limited evidence um and um you know i think they were trying to accuse standard bank the local standard Bank banker of, yeah. uh, of wrongdoing but they couldn't find any well from what I know, uh, they didn't find much except one trader in a chat room asking the bank about an exchange rate or something ridiculous. And that yeah. was somehow flagged as as um, evidence that there was wrongdoing. But a lot of um, I, I read a Daily Maverick article and that. actually was saying that a lot of this is, um, you know, it's more, more about misdirection and politics than anything else.
0: Yeah, it seems to be politically motivated in South Africa.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that uh, about wraps it up for this episode and this year. Um, Yeah. And we're going to be taking a couple of weeks off and then we'll be back in the second week of January. And um, in our next episode, I'm quite excited because we're going to be talking about the gender gap in trading. um, Yeah. Yeah, and giving some advice for women traders who are thinking of getting into forex trading. Um, It's obviously, I mean – just from what we read, Chris, I think there's only 16% of forex traders are are women. So we're going to explore a little bit. Which is bit crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot
0: of gender gaps. There's a gender gap in a lot of um, male dominated professions, but 16%, I mean, that's extreme. I can't think of anything uh, okay. outside of the military, maybe, you know, yeah. but um, you know, that's really, really insane. 16%. So um, yeah, really something really exciting to talk about it and figure out why it exists. Why is this yeah. happening? Yeah. And and um, and and yeah, as I saying, give advice for for women traders, you know, on yeah, how well, to, um, uh,
1: I, you know, yeah. and and maybe also just provide a bit of confidence that that um, that woman can do this, you know. I th- I Absolutely. Think it's like a lot of it has to do with the, you know, as you know, just the perception that it's a male male thing and that that men do forex trading and and that it's not something women do. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited about exploring that.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good way to yeah. kick off the year, right? Well, I'm going to get back to my festive eating and drinking, Alison. <laughs> um,
1: you do that.
0: <laughs> wishing Enough. all our listeners a very merry Christmas and Thank a happy you. holidays if you're not uh, if you're not celebrating. Yeah, and you okay. too, Alison.
1: Thanks, Chris. Enjoy your holiday.
0: Yeah, I will. Thank you so much, Alison. Speak to you in the new year.
1: Okay. Cheers.
0: Cheers.